and welcome to another podcast of the Gospel Rescue Mission. Today we are interviewing Tammy, a resident at the uh, at the woman's house, and uh, hearing a little bit of her life story. And she's going to tell us uh, some insight into. Uh, what it was like coming before the mission, before she came to the mission, what it's been like since she's been to the mission, and maybe where she's going uh, when she leaves the mission, and, and what's what's the direction for her in that process. So uh, let's sit back and listen and, uh, and let Tammy tell us this, the story. My name's Tammy, and I've been at the mission for about seven months, seven and a half months. Before I came to the mission, things were a little dark, I was struggling with sobriety the medical way, so I was um, subdued on a lot of pills, panic attacks, wouldn't leave the house, couldn't take care of myself or my kids, um, didn't have really any focus or structure, just existed. That was pretty much my life for about a year and a half after I left California. When I first came to the mission, I had made a promise to my dad to learn how to love myself, stay clean and sober, and be a good mom, and be everything he knew I could be. And he told me to go learn how to love myself and drop me off at the mission door. And I didn't really have, I've been through programs, but the mission is just, a really safe place to learn who you are going to be in God's eyes. Being, I found being around a lot of women were very difficult. I have a lot of trust issues, but I've learned that those women in the positions that they are there are there to help me and love me through all my indifferences. When I came to the mission, I didn't like people. I was really recluse. I stayed, uh, I've ha- I have like five years clean, six years almost clean. But um, in my using days, I stayed at home, took care of my home, took care of the kids, and stayed high. So I didn't go around people. So being at the mission was really, um, it, it took a toll trying to be around everybody's different personalities. Because I'm 40, I'm set in my ways. But I knew everything in my life wasn't working and something had to change. And I was really at that breaking point where something was going to change or I was just going to be dead forever inside. Before I came to the mission, I've had two, three, five, six years clean. I've been struggling with recovery since I was 11. I've been on meth. Um, It was allowed when I was younger with my dad and my family. So I knew, I've read the Bible, I've done time in prison, I've done time in jail. I lost my kids when they were born. I've had a couple adopted out. So I've had a lot of brokenness. And when I came to the mission, um, I knew something was gonna click. It was gonna click, but I was really depressed and angry, suicidal, but I wasn't gonna kill myself, but I felt like everybody would be better off if I was dead. I'm a horrible mom. All I did was yell and scream at my kids. I didn't want to be around people. I was judgmental. I was angry. And every day I would come downstairs. Something told me to just trust Farah. I'd come downstairs and I'd pray with her every day. And I finally told her that I was on amphetamine pills and it was a prescription. And <clears throat> there was no consequences at first, but then she said if I continued to take them, that I would be kicked out. And I needed that because everything I've ever done in my life has never changed. 
And now it's like the parenting classes, loving your kids on purpose. Chapel, I just was so quiet the first two months. I didn't say anything because I knew it wasn't going to be anything positive. And I didn't want to be the ugly, just that ugly, horrible person I've always been inside. And I found that every day if I just trust the process, I, I can love my kids. I took my daughter to church every day, every week. I take her to the soaking chairs because I had no connection and I pray. And I pray and I pray and I know it works because he's, he's mended relationships. The four kids that I ruined because I did everything to them that my mom and dad did to us, all that shame and that guilt, he's forgiven me so they have and now I have a relationship with all of them. So it's like all six of my kids live here in Grants Pass. It's never happened since the day they were all born. They've all been scattered, and today they all live here, and that's not a mistake. I just know that's not a mistake. And slowly it's like I get Thanksgiving with my oldest daughter and one of my daughters, whatever, whatever's going on. I, God has shown me the bigger picture. I'm just learning how to live day by day the way He wants me to. About four months back, I, at the mission, I started doing the children's coordinator position, and I was running the classrooms. I'm like, okay, this is what I was doing in my 20s, and I was a substitute teacher, AmeriCorps, enhanced literacy programs in the school district. I worked in my kids' classrooms, and I, I really succeeded. I was going to college and everything. It was my first, that was my first set of time being sober. It was like four years time or something. And um, I'm like, okay, well, I've always been good at this. Maybe that's what I need to go into. So I put some applications in. I know I have a background. It's, you know, whatever. Um, I got an interview with Head Start. Went to the interview with the panel um, in Medford. And there was like five women and just Everything was just, it flowed. I know the Holy Spirit was there because, like, I don't even know where the answers came to that interview. I got the position. Bam. So I waited. I signed up for school. I was going to go do my prerequisites. Everything was all lined up. I'm in that line, and some hurdles came across, but um, it all worked out for my background to come back and say you have three years to wait to teach because my DHS case it wasn't a criminal um, where I got arrested for the neglect, but it's still a neglect charge. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I wanted to go. I, I'm really, I get really recluse and depressed. So I almost went back there, but I'm like, okay, my father in heaven loves me so much more than my dad on earth. He's got something better for me. And I just kept going with that and going with that. And then I stepped into the RA position and I realized that, um, listening and helping and loving these women, I'm healing and getting something fulfilled inside as well as helping them. And I can shed a tear with the women and tell them I know and I understand. And I've had some book smart counselors in my life and I've had some people that have gone through those stuff. So it, I'm thinking maybe this is the route I need to go. So now I'm going through a new direction and let's if God opens this door then that's what it's supposed to be in store otherwise I'll figure it out. Being at the mission it's really awesome because I went into the office with Farrah and I'm like this is ridiculous I don't have a plan. She goes well you don't need to have a plan you're signed up for HUD right? I'm like yeah um, she goes well just wait for your HUD to come through as long as you're doing what you're doing and I'm like <laughs> 
so I can stay here as long as I keep growing. You're gonna allow me to stay here and grow and my kids have a safe place and I'm not obligated to do anything but live by the Lord. And I'm just like, that baffled me. That really, really baffled me because usually um, for a very, very long time, I've always had an eviction. I've had bad credit. So my eviction's paid up and I have no bad credit today. So when I leave here, by doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I can have my own place. Me and my kids will have my own place. I don't have to go get in with somebody because they have the credit and that happened to me already. My daughter got mad, I went to California, got rid of our apartment, my brand new van, and okay, that's fine, but if it wasn't for her and God using what she did at a good, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I'm grateful for her selfishness to put me in the mission. <laughs> so. jo Joseph told his brothers who had sold him into slavery, you guys intended this for evil, but God intended this for good. So even, even in the bad things that happen to us, we can recognize that God has a larger and greater purpose even in that and even through that. You know, does God allow evil or will evil into our lives? Well, it depends on what you think his purposes are, you know, and then when we recognize that God's purposes are good, um, then sometimes it makes sense of our our moments where they're they don't feel good, right? They don't they don't right. feel good. They feel like somebody got away with evil. Um, so, um, so let me ask you this: You would what would you say to somebody who's sitting there asking the question? You know, I mean, yeah, is the mission the right place for me? You know, I know my life is not where I want it to be. I know my life is not the what I'm what I've expected. Um, I'm I'm at the bottom end of disappointment, hurt, anger, whatever. What uh, should I come to the mission? Um, what might you say to a girl who's outside? the door considering coming into the mission when i'm working the desk at the mission and women come in yeah. and they ask about it they read through the rules it's very overwhelming it's challenging there's a lot of rules when you first get there um i tell them just give it a chance the first 30 days you're going to build a relationship with the mission that's what we're going to do you just build a relationship if you don't have a job when you come in it's 30 days just program, get, get to know the mission and see if it's gonna be a fit. What's it gonna hurt? It's 30 days of free room and board. I mean, for me, like, the rules and everything aren't too much because my dad was really strict. So every rule we have in the house and then the no smoking is like just a, a plus. I've been needing to smoke cigarettes but I've had no reason, but I love my kids more than myself, and I know I needed a safe place for them, or they'd be taken from me. So I had to, I had to make that. I was excited to stop smoking, <laughs> and it's so hard at first, but then it, it goes away. The more that you invite God and the Holy Spirit in your life, He takes those cravings away. So I just tell them to come in and, and get to know the mission. See if it's a fit. You know, and Farah has a lot of discernment. I tell the women, even when I'm bumping heads with her and I don't agree, I do trust her discernment and I trust the process and I know everything in my life has not worked before. And a lot of things are unfair, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna run because it's unfair. 
because there's there's just God wants you to be submissive to your bosses and that's my that's my I feel like right now that's my job to understand or to do right now and not bump heads with the people that are my supervisors because I'm going to get a good position pretty soon and it's going to be paying and this is all just paving the path for me so that is great tell me um you just uh first names if it's okay um and only if you feel comfortable names and age of the kids that are with you here uh Jaden and Jordan uh Jaden's a girl Jordan's a boy and they're twins and how old five five years old five five years old all right Jaden and Jordan since we got here to the mission have calmed down enormously um Jordan's a little hyper. He doesn't respect boundaries. He used to chew on the collar of his shirt. Um, real nervous. Jaden, um, she used to coward, back up, real scared, timid. I did love languages on them. Then <laughs> I found out their love languages, and I was not affectionate. And Jaden is a very affectionate person. She just brights up with hugs. So I've been learning how to love them and parent them better with my stay at the mission. And the parenting classes are amazing. Everything that I'm learning here, um, I'm learning how to trust other people with my kids. And God gave me those two kids as a blessing. I missed out on raising all my, I have, all together I have six kids. So there's three girls and three boys. So the two older girls and boys, I missed out on raising them. I don't have that heart to heart connection with them as much as I do Jaden and Jordan. So it's just amazing the, the, what they are learning and what they're doing. And they follow every rule a grown person follows there. People don't. So um, when I came yeah. here from California, yeah. um, first I was in Eugene and I went to California for a few months to see if anything was going to happen between me and the kids' dad. It's been a relationship for 10 years. He was on heroin and he started beating us up. So I had to make the choice to stay in my apartment in California, in, in my comfortable apartment. But he started putting his hands on the kids. So that was another reason why I came here, okay. was to get out of, uh, and he's still, still on heroin. And I've had to make that choice to, um, I had to take his picture off the phone and block him from my phone because he feeds the kids with a lot. He's an amazing person, but on heroin, he's not healthy. So I've had to make that choice to block him out of my life for me and the kids. So, wow, yeah. so there was a lot, of, um, a lot of struggle with that too. And I noticed the closer I go towards him, my eyes get off of God. So the no fraternizing and the no relationships rule really, um, really kind of helps too to keep your eye on the prize. For sure, that's that's what they're intended for. That's right. that's what they're all intended. I get for. it. I understand all the rules that you guys have and set for us. It's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> so yeah. You know, it's funny because we get we get a lot of heat for for having so many rules, and and yet all of our rules are really kind of based out of mistakes we've seen people make along the way. You know, and and maybe mistakes we've made along the way as we're going. How do we direct people in the right way? Um, but people make a big deal out of them, and in my mind, is the the people that follow them, it works. The people that follow the rules, they 
they do well. And um, and that's really kind of why we chose those. And I really like how the mission filters everything through the Bible. It's like the book of truth and everything's filtered through it. So it's like we're living truth and you have the book of truth to back it up. It's like, it's kind of neat. It's <laughs> just, I mean, if you've read the Bible, people would understand that. I you think know. so. I think so. Even even a non-Christian, I think, it, you know, it makes sense if they look at it and they go, you know, well, yeah, all the people I hang out with, you know, I don't trust, and and they're they're they they use me and and all these kinds of things. And I go, well, great. Don't you want to don't you want to hang out with people that like really think it's wrong to tell lies and steal from one another and right. and you know abuse one another and stuff and yeah go great that's kind of what christians are all about you know that's that's what when we're at our best you know in part that's what we're all about i mean it's at least behavioral the the behavioral aspect of how we live our lives that's what we're about yeah and well there you have it another great podcast from the gospel rescue mission and a story of a life being changed by Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of God through the work here that's going on in Grants Pass every day at the Gospel Rescue Mission. If this meant a lot to you, if this struck a chord with you, would you please consider sharing it with your friends on Facebook, Uh, share it on our website, uh, grantspassmission.org, check us out there, like us, please don't forget to click the donate page and you know, help us out if you can. Um, And thank you again for listening. We certainly welcome you back uh, for another podcast.